Teresa and Bree, the show where we dish out tips and advice from mystical business owners and service providers. What's a mystical business owner? Well, you might be asking yourself that. And here's the deal. If you work as a tarot card reader, astrologer, Reiki healer, intuitive counselor, oracle medium, you know, or if there's any kind of spiritual or mystical art that's part of your profession, we are talking about you. And my name is Teresa and my lovely co-host... Hey everyone, I'm Bree. Thank you so much for tuning in. So the deal is, is that Teresa and I have both been self-employed sacred artists running our own businesses for decades upon decades. And as such, right, we know what goes into running a successful business. We know exactly how much heart, grit, and hustle it takes to get your business afloat and keep things rocking along. We have been there. We have done it. We have seen it all. (laughs) <laughs> we see the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? <laughs> That's it. Yes, exactly. So because we've been, you know, in our business a long time, we started the show because we really did want to help our peers. And we've been doing this now once a month for a long time. And I think we're going on, this is our fifth year. And the reason why we do this again is we want to see our fellow sacred artists thrive and succeed. That's right. So in each episode of Talking Shop, we tackle a different topic, and today's is one of Teresa and I's, like, personal favorites that we get really nerdy excited about. It is business review and planning for the next year. Yay! Yay! Thanks so much for tuning in to listen. Let's get this party started. Right on. And, you know, both you and I are planners. We're crazy Uh, into planning. Yes, we are. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And I'm a huge fan of doing a regular check-in or review of my business. So um, what do you think about this? What is the wisdom behind regular reviews of your business? You know, I think that a regular review of your business is really important for so many reasons. I mean, and I would say that, like, the most important one is that it's really easy to miss the forest for the trees. If you are not, um, you know, if if you're not paying attention to the overarching picture of your business, then you're going to miss some really vital information. And it's really hard to pay attention to the, you know, overarching picture of your business because, there are so many day-to-day things that need to be taken care of. I mean, you know, if you're, like, let's just take one example. Let's say that all you do are tarot readings, right? Mm -hmm. Well, you have to have a way to schedule them. You have to have a payment processor. You're absolutely going to have clients that have follow-up questions that you're going to have to deal with. You're going to have to have policies. You're going to have to have a website. If you do things in person, you may have to have other forms of insurance. You're going to have travel expenses. You're going to have logistical things to consider. I mean, all of that is just attached to one kind of mystical art. And, you know, we haven't even talked about marketing or blogging or, you know, social media or any of the other components that go into most businesses today. So there's a ton of detail work, right, that Mm -hmm. we have to be on call for with our businesses. And that detail work, you know, when we're in the middle of it, we can really forget what the big picture of the business is. And so what our big 
goals are. Um, you know, something that I find really helpful that now those of us who use PayPal can actually access is you can look at your sales and you can you can look at your year-to-date sales, but you can also look at your sales for this year as compared to last year. Mm-hmm. And so, like, check-ins like this can really give you good information. They can help you determine what you want to make available. They can help you determine, you know, how much time you want to spend on a specific offering or a specific service. They can help you determine what new things you may or may not want to launch. Um, and, you know, the check-in, I think that the check-in is something that you you need to do regularly to reflect on where you have been and what your business has seen and what you have accomplished, your successes and your victories, to reflect also on the things that didn't work out the way that you wanted them to, and to learn to take away lessons from that, and most importantly, to create a roadmap of where you want to go as you go forward. So that is why I do my regular business check-ins, um, and my business has really benefited in tangible ways since I started doing them. What about you, Teresa? Because I know that you're a big fan of this, too. I'm a huge fan of regular reviews because, you know, it seems like when you're driving a car, you have to look under the hood from time to time to make sure that the oil levels are right, to make sure that it's running clean, to see if there's anything that needs to be fixed, which reminds me I need to get an oil change. But, you know, um, you have to do that with a vehicle, right? And your business is is your vehicle that um, that really pulls you forward, so to speak. So checking under the hood of your business is really important because if you are not paying attention to where you're going or what's working or what's not working, well, then you run the risk of heading down the wrong path with your business and or running out of gas, so to speak, if we want to use that car, to, car analogy. So I think um, reviews are so important because they give you the information that you need so you can make smarter decisions going forward with your business. Yeah. Absolutely, that's it. I mean, that's exactly it's so beautifully said. So, and one thing that I want to ask as a follow-up to this question is we say regular mm-hmm. review. Now, in the show, we're going to talk about yearly reviews. How often do you do a review of your business, Teresa? Okay, so I do my big end-of-the-year review, and then I also look at things quarterly, in fact, I'm going to be doing my quarterly checkup at the end of this month. Um, and then I do my um, – I do a weekly review. I do a weekly nice. review. Every week I sit down and I look at what, what how the week went down. Um, I look at, you know, um, what worked, what didn't work. Um, what goals I'm reaching, what goals still need more tweaking, where I'm falling short. You know, I sit down and I do that every single week. Now, that might be a little excessive to some people, but I want to be completely on track, and I think, I find that for me this works. What about you? Yeah. You know, I, I do the same thing, right? I do a weekly, I do a monthly I do a quarterly, and then I do a yearly. And, I, I mean, I think that all of them, all of them have benefits, and, yeah. and all of them work in slightly different ways, and they all give me slightly different pieces 
of information. Some are more nitty-gritty. Like, I like the weekly check-in because it's a lot more nitty-gritty. You know, it's very yes. detail-specific because I know, like, you know, and it may it may be stuff, like, it might be money stuff, but it also might be like, oh, I had that discombobulation with a client. Yes. Um, you know, make a note of this. Or it might be like, you know, somebody requested that when I send out emails to my students, I always put the link of the classroom on the email. Like, you know, and so I'm going to, now I'm going to implement that because I think that's a good idea. So, so same thing, but I think it's really, I, I think that the different kinds of reviews are really good for different reasons. So, you know, let's, let's start with a big one. Let's start with the yearly review. So I want to know from you, what are some of the things that you look at when you do your yearly review and, since we're in October, when do you do your yearly review? I do my yearly view, uh, review uh, right around this time, October, November. It really depends, first of all, if I have a lot going on, it may be put off until November. Um, but right around this time is when I really start getting set up for the next year. And so, you know, I, I start a little bit early because that works for me, but, you know, I'm a little bit anal with my planning, so... Um, that's really the big time where I sit down and I start mapping everything out. And my yearly review, what I do first is I look at my numbers. Numbers are really important yep. to me. I want to see how much has come in. Am I close to making my yearly financial goal or not? So I have to sit down and start with my number. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people don't like, especially mystical people, we don't like looking at numbers. But numbers give you information. So... I start by looking at um, how much money has come in, how much is going out, how much went out this year. Mm -hmm. I look also at my stats. How's my website doing? How many hits a month am I getting now? Um, you know, I look at my email list. How big is the list? Does it need to be called? Are there a lot of people on there who aren't opening up emails? You know, because I do a regular calling, by the way. You know, so I look at all the numbers. How... What, what are my stats? How many followers do I have on, you know, for example, my various social media platforms? Which one's growing? Which one's not growing? Which one's paying off? Where am I getting the most hits to my site? So I do a really complex look under the hood for the numbers first. Um, and then I also sit back and I look at the goals that I set last year, and I check in and see, did I reach those goals? I'm not talking the money goals. I'm talking about, you know, like were there certain products I wanted to get done? Was there a creative thing I wanted to complete? Uh, where am I in regards to that? And by the way, I like to have all my creative stuff and all my ideas done by October because November and December are really busy months for business. So I know when November and December come around, I'm not going to have a lot of time to do the creative stuff that I like to do. So it's got to be done by then. So those are all the things that I check in on on my yearly review. And then what I do is I sit down and I start plotting out what I'm going to do for the next year. And what do I need? I plot out what do I need to do if I didn't reach my goals uh, this past year. And I also sit down and think about where do I want to invest my money? And, you know, where do I need to invest the money? And you can only know that after you've done a yearly review. You know, so if you can see, for example, that let's say you invested in some training and it really paid off, well, then you might want to – it reinvests in that training. Or if you invested in a particular, uh, let's say, service, maybe you hired somebody to do something and it didn't work. 
well, then you may find yourself saying, well, maybe I don't need to hire people for that particular thing anymore. You know, so I like to be really clear on what my business needs, and I start setting the plans for that right when I do my yearly review. So I map out all of my goals for the year, uh, all of my financial goals, which, by the way, I always have a number every year of how much money I want to make. And I can only get clear on that after I've gone through my review. Did I make last year's goal? If not, what is my new money goal? What makes sense for me now? So those are all the things that I do when I do my yearly review. What about you? I love that. I love it so much. So, you know, I, and I know that you do this too, Teresa, I begin with, I begin with my calendar, and mm-hmm. I begin with astrology. So one of the very first things that I do is I mark out um, any major astro events, so like Mercury and retrogrades get marked out. Um, you know, any like outer planet retrogrades, like Jupiter is about to go in, mm-hmm. you know, goes into retrograde, um, or Pluto goes into retrograde, I'll make a note of that. Um, because that may, because part of my work is astrology, that, that may influence some of the offerings that I create and also when I make them available. Mm-hmm. So I also am going to do the same thing with the full moon because I always do something for my community on the full moon. So I'm going to make sure that I know when all of the full moons are. And for the last several years, I've created a page that has all of the essential after dates for my people and it's free and they can download it, you know, it into their calendar. And so like that's always where I begin. And then because I am a mom of young children, I also note what all the holidays are. So I have a really good sense of, okay, when am I working? When am I on? And when am I not? Right? Mm-hmm. When, when is it going to be a slower period for me? Um, because we do have three weeks off from school or whatever. And then right. I do the same thing you do, right? <clears throat> I look at my numbers, and usually this involves a call with my accountant where, you know, I have her take me through, like, here are the trends that I see. Here are the expenses that I think we could shave. Here are the areas that I think you could spend more. Um, here are the investments that have been made. And and so I get really clear about what the numbers are. Um, you know, this is also, I do this, as as I know you do, I do this, usually I started in September or even at the end of August, and it usually is going to go through October. And and that it's also really useful because then I have a pretty good sense of if I've made more money than I thought that I had, um, I know what I need to do for my taxes to close out the mm-hmm. end of the year, right? So, I mean, you know, there's a lot of moving pieces. So I look at the numbers. I look at the stats. Um I look at the offerings that I have made available and and the workflow around them. And I ask, you know, does something need to be added? Does something need to be taken away? You know, as I went into 2018, I had a book deal. So that changed. There were certain things that I had been planning to do in 2018 right. that I wasn't able to do because I had a book deal. So, you know, I, I look at that and I and I create kind of a workflow for myself and for my team so that we know what needs to happen when and where. Um, I have one big launch that I do every year. It's for spinning gold. And I always go over how that launch went at, during this review. And I, I, try, I do that at the end of September, but it, once the dust is settled. But I also do it again as I'm doing my year-end review because it is such a portion of the money that we make so I really like to optimize that you know and see like where can we make it better and then 
I and and I do all of this in my Philofax is the is the tool that I use. I'm really a paper pen girl yep. when it comes to um agendas and plans and planners. Like I I just that's what I like. And then I have another day planner that I buy and I use this expressly for my my offerings. So I mm-hmm. know part of my year end review is like I'm gonna go through so, you know, in twenty eighteen Looking at 2019, I'm going to go through and I'm going to literally write down what offerings go live during what part of 2019 Mm -hmm. and how long are they live, how long can people sign up for them, how much are they going to be. So I have my workflow for the year completely planned out. And if, you know, something happens, typically nothing is going to be disturbed because I have things ready to go a month before they need to go live, right? Mm -hmm. And so that, like, that kind of efficiency, then, if you get sick or if a parent gets sick or if your kid gets sick or, you know, you have an unexpected expense. Like, if you have things planned in advance, you're always able to take, like, the shock of that a little bit more gracefully. So that's another big benefit. So those are some of the things that I look at and that I do when I'm doing my yearly review. Well, I I forgot to mention, too, the astrology is a huge part. You know, I like to sit down and do all the numbers and all that stuff, but I very carefully map out everything by astrology, which, you know, some people may think, well, boy, you're really being pretty anal about things. But, again, I'm using that word again. But um, (laughs) I want to make sure that I'm working with the cosmos, not against it. So, like you, um, this is also why I start planning my year in October, I sit down, I map out on a big wall calendar when the big retrogrades are coming. I mark on any eclipses that might be hitting me directly. Um, I look at, And I look at that through, you know, my business horoscope, and I see, is it going to hit my 10th house? Is it going to hit, you know, my second house of money? So I want to make sure that I'm really clear on what's happening with the eclipses so I can work with them um, to my benefit. So all of that stuff gets mapped out. And I also pick out some auspicious days for any kind of like launches or things of that nature. So that way if I'm going to launch anything that year, that's all mapped out. Um, and, you yeah. know, as you know, I also am all about sitting down and plotting things out even more detailed for my week. You know, every week I sit down and I look at what's happening in the planets. And I want to make sure that I am not operating during a void, of course, moon or scheduling important meetings then or, you know, if the moon or Mercury are not in my favor because Mercury is my ruler, I want to make sure, too, that I've got it mapped out so that way I am maxing out my business. And, you know, if something goes wonky, I know what's going to be the best time then to deal with it. So all that stuff, I map it out, too. I'm all about astrology for business. I think it is such a great tool for business. It has, you know, I've used astrology for business for so long and I just am always shocked that more people don't. It is one of my secret sauces for my business. Yeah. No, it's it's really, really huge. And again, like if you like us, you know, we both we both have astrological services. Like Teresa has a really amazing entrepreneur cast that she does. At the end of the year, right? Isn't that when you typically do them? Um the entrepreneur cast is available three times a year. November, December, and June, and I only take out a limited That's amount right. of those. But I also have the AstroBiz Digest, which really maps out the month and the week 
in great detail. And it's all information that entrepreneurs, no matter what kind of business you're in, can use to their benefit. That's right. That's right. And I get the I, I subscribe to the After Biz Digest and I freaking love it because I then I don't have to I don't have to figure it all out myself. I just let Teresa do it and it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. Love it, love it. Um but um the, yeah, that's exactly right. You know, when when you are doing something with astrology and even with tarot, you know, I think it's always important to look at holidays yep. and to look at um, astrological events because you may want to have an offering that's tied to them. You know, the eclipses happen, yes. uh, you know, happen several times a year. And in earlier this year, um, when we had the first eclipse in, you know, January and February, I did a little offering for yep. the eclipses specifically for people who wanted to take advantage of eclipse magic. And it was so, I mean, it was fun and it was enjoyable and it made a nice and tidy little sum of cash. And I mean, so, you know, as you're thinking about your business, you know, big corporations look at, you know, holidays and they they do yep. promotions or they highlight a specific thing. Same thing happens for us, right? Yep. So, I mean, I think it's really important. Absolutely. So, so, so right. You know, if there is something going on in the stars, that might be inspiration for you uh, as a sacred artist to create something around that. So I totally dig that. So, you know, we talked about, you know, the yearly review, and we just started talking about weekly and monthly things. What are some of the things that you look at when you are reviewing your business month or your week? What do you review? Besides the planets, what other things? Yep, yep. Okay, so one of the first things that I do in my monthly review is I really like to compare how this month did to a year ago. So, like, I'll look at, you know, October of 2018 in comparison with October of 2017. And this is really helpful for a couple of reasons. You know, one one reason is that you see, did you make more money or less money? Um, and, you know, sometimes people freak out about this if they see that they have made less money. But, but what you also have to look at is what you were offering a year ago versus what you were, what you're offering right now. And, you know, like, if you know that you cut something out and you did it for a deliberate reason, you don't need to freak out about the loss of income, right? Because you can account for it. So, you know, when we're looking at income and we're looking at money, sometimes there's this binary like, oh, if I make more, yay, and if I lose some or I don't make as much, boo. And that's not necessarily helpful because sometimes you're making a ton of money and, like, you're sick and you have no time to, like, take a shower because right. you're so overworked. And that's not, like, to me, that is not prosperity. You know, that is, that is like, I'm working myself into an early grade. Um, sometimes you might take a loss. But it's because you made a deliberate decision to not offer something again because you didn't enjoy it or, you know, it needs more time to cook or whatever. And, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. So I like to look at the, you know, the, I like to look at my year to date, like how have I done up to October? And then I also like to look at, you know, October of this year versus October of last year. What do I see? And part of that is financial. And then also part of that is how do I feel? You know, do I feel as busy as I did a year ago? Do I feel like I've got time to really celebrate my birthday or my anniversary, both of which happened in October? Do I feel like, you know, like, so I'm, I'm going to do kind of an inner and an outer assessment. 
No, another thing that I do that I know we've talked about on the show is, Teresa, you taught me this on the new moon, mm-hmm. making a wish list. Making a wish list of, I think you do 10. I actually do 13 because that's my lucky number. Um, wishes that you want to manifest over the course of the next month. So I check in with my monthly review. One of the things that I check in with is, hey, um, what manifested and what did not, right? What what needs to be carried over or what ended up not being a big deal um, versus what what actually showed up and, and was really awesome. I also look at my stats, right? I look at um, where are we, you know, how many people are opening my newsletters? How many subscribers have we gotten? Um, you know, where are people finding my site? Uh, what, you know, what's happening on social media? Now, I don't pay as much attention to those numbers as I do to, like, my newsletter numbers. That's really where I put a lot of emphasis and effort. Um, but I do pay attention, you know, and I, I give an accounting for, okay, what, where is that? I also look at my business spending, right? So there's mm-hmm. what you're making and there's what you're spending. So at the end of the month, I'm going to say, okay, what did I spend on the business? What are the, uh, you know, expenses that I need to really be aware of? And this is really handy because I have an accountant, so I have to get her all of this information anyway um, at right. the end of every month, right? So it just kind of naturally works out. Um, and then again, you know, if there's anything that I missed in my weekly review, the end of the month is a really good time to catch it back up. I'll also look at my schedule as I'm getting ready to go into the next month and just double check to make sure that, like, I haven't double booked myself, Mm -hmm. that, you know, everyone on my books is, because I am scheduled months in advance, everyone is, you know, has their place, knows what's happening. I often will send that info to my VA so that she can go ahead and set up reminders for everyone. So you know that housekeeping kind of stuff or some of the things that I do. And then the weekly version is very similar to that. Um, I do create a magical intention at the beginning of every week. You know, this this is the intention, this is the purpose that I really want to go into this week with. And I do the same thing for the month. And I also pull cards for the beginning of the week, and I pull cards at the beginning of the month. And I will go back and I will reflect on those cards and, you know, how they showed up, what showed Mm -hmm. up, what I needed to be aware of. Um, And that really helps put things into perspective as well. What about you? What are some of your practices? Well, um, I do a lot of very similar things, you know. And one of the things that I also like to look at, when you talked about comparing the month, I always like to go back and look at my – web stats from last year's same month. So I love checking in on my CEO or our CEO. SEO. <laughs> 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 and I love seeing, you know, am I getting more hits on this site? Um, and it's amazing the difference between um, like this month last year compared to where I am now. And that that always makes me, you know, feel good, but it shows where I'm growing on my site. So that's one of the other things I check in on. But I check in on the same things that you do, you know, the money. And um, I like looking back at what I was doing last year. I have that all written down, so I always like to go back and say, okay, last year I was doing blah, 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 and here's why. You know, like last year I had a few slower months, but those were months where I was on the road for the book tour. And so business was yeah. lower because I wasn't 
doing my client work then. And so I can look back and I can see that. You know, I don't look back and say, oh, my God. I look back and say, oh, yeah, that's right. You were doing that. Well, this year you're doing A, B, and C. You know, so I, I love doing that. And my weekly review, what I love to do is I sit down and um, I have my Daniel Laporte Desire Map Planner, and I do some journaling, you know, about my business and how I'm feeling and the goals and all that. And then I sit down and I map out, you know, my goals and my plans for the week ahead and the planets for the week ahead. So that's what my weekly review is like. It's really just grabbing a glass of wine, sitting down, looking at, you know, how did my week go, what felt good, what didn't feel good. You know, I'm really checking in weekly, not just on my stats, but how I feel about my business because I think that's so important. You know, if I have a week where I'm dealing with some really difficult clients, I want to go back and reflect on that. How did I feel about that? How did I handle it? Do I feel good about the way that turned out? Or is this sending a signal that I need to make a change? You know, so that weekly review isn't just about the stats and the facts, ma'am. It's also how I feel about my business and how the week went. I think yeah. that's important. I think it's that's so really important, important because if you're not feeling good about your business, if your business is making you miserable and you're just going through the motions and not checking in with yourself, eventually you're going to burn out or you're going to give up. So checking in also allows you, with how you feel, allows you to connect with what is working and what's not working. You know, Bree, when I was checking in um, last year, and I was checking in a lot on these, I was really burning out fast on these email readings, and I'd been burning out for a long time on them, and every week when I checked in and I would be doing my emotional check-in, I realized how um, negative I was feeling about them, how burned out I was feeling about them, how overwhelmed I was feeling. And after many, many weeks of doing that, that's finally what, you know, gave me the courage to say, this is not making me feel good anymore. This is making me really unhappy, and that's why I pulled the plug on it. So that's why those weekly check-ins on an emotional level I think are just as important as looking at your stats. I agree. I really, really agree because, you know, your business, I mean, from a stats level and even from a financial level, your business can be doing really beautifully on paper and it's not supporting your life. Yes. And and you won't know that if you don't look at, like, how are you feeling? Right. You know? It, and, you know, when I got rid of the email readings, I made very good money on them. So it was a significant hit. But um, And so, of course, that's going to reflect when I go and do my – um, check-in soon. Um, but you know what? I, I have to feel good. I have to feel good yeah. in my business. And I think that is yeah. something, too, that entrepreneurs need to hear. You know, oftentimes we do get hung up on numbers and SEO and, you know, um, we hear all those other people talking and bragging about, you know, big incomes and this and that and lots of followers. And we can get so lost in that and so off track that all of a sudden we wake up one day and we're, we're not sure why we're doing things or why we're doing something that doesn't make us feel good. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly exactly right. I think that's huge, huge. Mm-hmm. So, you know, since we're talking about about these various stats and numbers and even, you know, what does make us feel good or what doesn't, what is your process? for goal setting, because this is a huge part of the planning process. Yeah. 
Well, you know, I always start bubbling up ideas and goals um, all year long. And I do about like a yoga nidra where um, that helps me to tap into creative ideas. I do that every year, sometimes more than once a year. Um, I have a whole process for that. But anyhow, uh, without going into the details on that, once I have my ideas set on what I want to do for the year, I like to, uh, once again, map it out astrology-wise. So let's say I'm going to do a big launch next year and I've got an idea, and I'm really goal-oriented towards that. Well, then I'm going to put it on my map, and then I pick the date I'm going to launch, but I reverse engineer. I figure out how many weeks the launch process is going to take, and I start counting backwards. So I can start then getting all the details plotted out. So that way, when it is time for me to do the launch, I've already got everything mapped out Um Easily, I, I hope I'm making sense when I say this. The reverse engineering mm-hmm. process is very, very uh, important because it gives me. I don't like to do things on the fly. That's not how I yeah. operate. I like to have everything rigidly planned so that way I am feeling organized and on top of things and orderly. And that's super important for all that Virgo in my chart. So again, I get the idea. I get. I set the goal. Uh, I set the money goal for how much I want to make on the particular launch. Once the date is picked then i figure out i look back about two months and i start plotting everything i need to do the eight weeks before that launch and that's how i get my goals done now my weekly goals also i when i sit down and do my weekly review i also set my to-do list for the week and my to-do list is marked out very carefully in my journal and then i just check them out and i chunk everything down so that way I never feel completely overwhelmed. Everything is broken down into little workable chunks, and it makes it easy for me to, you know, check off those goals and keep moving towards them. So in a nutshell, that's what I do. What about you? I love that. I So, you know, it it is a very, very similar process. Like, I think that I, I start with the big picture. Like, what are what are the big goals. And, you know, I have a business growth goal that is going to take into account numbers and it's going to take into account, um, you know, stats mm-hmm. in different ways. It might even take into account uh, certain, you know, elements of my website, like if I want to do like a redesign or, or marketing or branding, you know, so there are business goals, there are financial goals. Um, and then, there are also personal goals, right? How do I want to feel as I go into this next year? What, you know, what were the sticky parts for me emotionally um, in over the past year? What, what mm-hmm. do I need to be aware of? And a lot of times what I do because I am a busy mom is, you know, I will make, I will make myself a note. I'll take a sticky note and I'll make myself a note that says something like, you know, remember to order Valentine's from, you know, minted, you know, on this day. And it's like, you know, the mm-hmm. middle of January. So it's like I'm not rushing at the last minute. Several years ago, I had scheduled a ton of things to happen in August, totally blanking on the fact that my my child didn't start back to school until the third week of August. And so kind of missing those last two weeks of hanging out with him. And I wrote a sticky note in my calendar that was like, you know, never again have your August 
so heavily scheduled. So mm-hmm. we have a launch that we do in August, but it's all automatic, right? By the time it's going live and people are getting the info in their inboxes, I've done my part, so I, I'm hanging out and I'm having a good time. And so, you know, those – so the personal part, as you've said, is really important. And then I break it down so, you know, magically – this is definitely true. Like if you have a big goal or if you have a big purpose that you're really working towards, you have to break it down into yep. smaller achievable steps. And so, you know, like if I know that I want to make X amount of dollars this year, then, you know, one of the things I'm going to look at is what are my offerings? How many offerings do I want to offer at what price point so that, we are able to achieve X number of dollars a year. If I know that one of my goals is to get published, well, what are the steps to getting published, right? Like what are the, okay, I need to create a book proposal. Well, maybe I know how to and maybe I don't know how to. If I don't, then I need to learn. How do I create a book proposal, right? So Mm -hmm. there might be some education involved. I think, you know, I think in, in our world of sacred arts and mystical business, like, there is a lot of, like, law of attraction kind of stuff and, you know, just manifesting. And the thing is, is that in my experience as a working, you know, magician and magical practitioner, manifesting works and happens when you have practical action that backs it up. And it's a lot easier to take practical action on a small thing than to, like, take it on a really big thing. You know, it's right. much better when you can break it down. So I'm I'm a big fan of that, you know, taking starting with your big goal but then breaking it down into actionable steps. And you know, some of your goals may have, you know, twelve different steps and you may end up doing two a month, you know, so that by the midpoint of the year you're now ready to like put them all together. And so, you know, I you have to give yourself time and that's another thing that comes out of goal setting I think is giving yourself the right amount of time and knowing that things may well take longer than you think they're going to. Mm-hmm. I agree. And, you know, um, you're really right about that law of attraction stuff. If you, you can have all the law of attraction in the world, but you have to have practicality. Yeah. yeah. You can do all the magic spells in the world, but if you're not doing practical things in the real world, you know, it's only going to go so far for you. You've got to have a good okay. plan. You've got to have... Uh, diligence, you've got to be taking some super practical um, steps towards making your goals happen. So let's talk about what happens when a goal doesn't manifest. Because I think this is something (laughs) nobody wants to talk about. People love talking about setting goals and all that. But what about when you like put something out there and maybe it falls flat and it doesn't reach the goal or maybe you, you don't hit your numbers for a particular year or, you know, maybe you have something that you need to get done and you don't get it done on time. What is your advice when something doesn't work out? Ah, I love this question. This is such a good question because you're right. Like nobody wants to talk about it. Um, so, you know, I think that the first thing, when, when, you have a, when you have a goal that clearly has not been achieved, like you have a number that you wanted to make, either of, you know, participants or an economical number. Um, the first thing to do is is not freak out, right? Like freaking out, dragging yourself over the coals, 
feeling like it's all over now um, because, you know, you didn't accomplish the thing. All of that is just a waste of energy as far as I'm concerned. Now, you know, if, if it was a significant uh, situation where let's, you know, let's say that you launched a program and, you know, this is, this is a program where the bulk of your money for the year was going to come in and you had a much lower participation rate than you had been expecting, then yeah. you may have to, you may have to walk away for a few minutes, right? You may even have to walk away for a few days. Mm-hmm. You may have to do some exercises to calm yourself so that you can get into a, an objective frame of mind. You also may need to get your hustle on so that you can replace that lost income in some different ways, right? So you may have to do some strategic planning around that. But then when you're ready, you know, you need to come back to whatever it, whatever the missed target is. And I think the most important thing that you can do is ask, what can I learn from this? You know, several years ago, I had a program and a large amount of our income, of our annual income, was derived from it. And I had always had really good sign-ups for it and really great participation. And then we had a year where it was just lower. It wasn't, you know, abysmal. But it was not up to my up to snuff, and it wasn't up to what I had been expecting. And you know, it was it was very disconcerting on the one hand, but it also was a really valuable lesson in the need to not put all of my eggs in one basket. Right? It was a reminder that like this is not, um, you know, there there's a lot of coaching out there, business coaching that basically is like you know you need one signature product. Um, that you launch once a year or you launch several times a year, um, then you know that is going to be the bulwark of your of your money coming in for your business. And and you know this was a teaching to me of like it's great to have signature products and that's awesome, but like you also need to always have enough diversity that if something doesn't work for whatever reason, you are not you have not out leveraged yourself. You know. Right. And so whenever there's a goal that's missed, I think the first thing to ask is, what can I learn from this situation? Sometimes what we learn is, you know, that was a really unreasonable goal. Like, you know, if I'm going from, you know, making, you know, $20,000 a year to wanting to make like, you know, $700,000 a year, is that reasonable? Is, is that likely going to happen, right? Um, and and so and if you're setting goals that are not reasonable, it's a form of self sabotage. And so I think it's worthwhile to spend a little bit of time with that and say, hey, why am I doing that to myself? Yeah. Why am I doing that to my business? Right? Um, and then the other thing that I think is really helpful when you look at goals that have not been achieved is to say, well what did I not do that I could have done? Mm-hmm. Or what did I do that I could have done better? What practical actions should have been taken, but I didn't take them? And mm-hmm. and so as a result, this has happened. So, you know, I see this as an opportunity for education and right. an opportunity for clarifying and not, again, not to get uh, all discombobulated about. And sometimes there are goals that I have not made. And in hindsight, I might thank the heavens that I didn't, right? Because that actually would have been terrible. 
So that's the other part. So what about you? What? That was a long answer. What about you? Well, I, I totally agree. I just think that, you know, if when there is something that doesn't work out, it's it's a learning opportunity, an opportunity yeah. to go back and see why does this not work? Was it the offer? Was it was I marketing right? Was I marketing to the right people? Were there a bunch of other things that people, you know, those shiny objects that were being launched at the same time? Um you know, that could have been drawing people away. So, you know, there's a lot of things to look at and learn from it. So I never look at it as a defeat. I look at it always as a learning opportunity. So I yeah. think um, that is really important, um, whatchamacallit, um, for people to um, do when when something doesn't work, to not look at it again as a negative, look at it as a learning opportunity. Yeah, that's it. So what is your advice? Now Now we've got people fired up and they're pumped and they're ready to do their planning. What is your advice for yearly planning? Like what do people need to know? What do they need to have? For yearly planning? Yeah. Um, well, of course, we talked earlier about the astrology stuff, um, laying that stuff out. So I am a huge fan of that. Um, so, you know, get your astrology, get your ephemeris, or if you don't want to do the astrology, hire an astrologer who can map everything out for you. So map out all of your auspicious dates. Um, then also what you want to do is make sure that you have a number figured out on how much you want to make in the year ahead. And set also number goals. How many new people do you want to get on your email list? How many new people do you want to come to your site? Do you want to attract new clients? Uh, you know, do you need to raise your rates? So I like to get all that stuff, you know, ready for the year ahead. But, you know, the biggest thing is when I'm doing my yearly planning is, is, you know, frankly, plotting out the astrology. So that way I can be clear about when to launch, when not to launch, uh, and all of that. So I'm actually pretty simple. I sit down, I map that out, I have my goals mapped out for the year, I have everything reverse engineered so I know when to start things. It's all mapped out on my wall calendar, but also on my Philofax. So everything is completely listed. So there is no shirking. I just start getting to work on my yearly plan based on that. And I have a clear number in my head always of how much I want to make for the year ahead. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's really it. But it all comes down to, you know, again, working with the with the stars. What about you? I mean, is there anything you want to add to that about the yearly planning? Give yourself more time than you think you need. Ah. You know, if you think, like, right, I would say, like, Teresa and I, I mean, we're, we're crazy in this respect because we love it. And, and also because our businesses are at the point where, like, we have, we have to start planning in October, right? Because we have engagements, we have contracts with, you know, companies and various things that yep. require us to be on top of it. But, you know, don't wait until the last week of December when you're, like, recovering from the holiday craziness to try and develop, like, a, you know, a good plan for your business. Like, your mm-hmm. business will, will reward you for putting time into it. So start sooner than you think you need to. And pick your pick your system, right? Like Teresa yes. mentioned, she has a Philo Facts and a wall calendar. I have a Philo Facts and then I have another agenda. Um, figure out what system works for you. If it's electronic, rock on. If it's paper, rock on. But pick it and be consistent with it. You know, I think one of the most um, 
messy things is to like have all of your plans and an agenda and then like midway through the year decide you're going to put them all on the computer. Like you will lose stuff that way. So pick a system, commit to it. You can always reevaluate at the end of the year. That can be part of your evaluation. Like I know, I think Teresa in 2018, didn't you decide to go to like an electronic scheduler for your clients? Yes. And that was, you know, that was something that after, a long time of reviewing how aggravating it got with this back and forth with emails, it was a very strategic decision, and it made my business 100% better. So, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Now I'm sticking with so it. That, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so pick your pick your system and stick with it for, for the year. Um, and then the other thing that I would say is look at when you want to do reviews and put those days on the calendar. If you do not, you will not do them. You need to put it on your calendar. Yep. It's the end of the month. I'm doing a monthly review. It's the end of the week. I'm doing a weekly review. You know, you don't have to have it on your calendar forever, but for the first six months, put it on your calendar so you get into the habit of it. Actually, I say put it on your calendar forever because it is so easy to start slacking off on habits. Yeah. So I And it, when it's on my calendar, you know what, Bria, it gets done. That's exactly right. Yeah. Otherwise, it does yeah. not get done. You know, and I also have my computer sends me alerts. Do your review. Yes. Exactly. You know, blah, blah, blah. All that stuff is, also I get those things, so that way there's no excuse. It's like, it's, it's like having somebody on my case constantly nagging me to do it. Otherwise, you know, I'm going to be sitting on Amazon, playing around, finding other things to do, you know, and nope, i got to get this done. My computer's telling okay. me, oh, and my calendar says i got to do this. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Do it, do it, do it. Yep, and write it down, people. So lastly, let's talk about which business practices are going to be hot or not in 2019. Ooh, I love this. Well, obviously, I think that the Talking Shop podcast is going to be super hot in 2019. (laughs) So So you should all pat yourselves on the back for being early adopters. Um, Okay, one of the things that I am seeing a trend towards is more specific offerings and services. So what I mean by that is you can do a general tarot reading, and, I mean, those are always going to be beloved and popular. But, like, if you do a, if you do a service that's like a tarot reading that focuses specifically on a person's love life around Valentine's Day, I think that that often is is more exciting to people, right? And it and it kind of reminds them, oh yeah, like usually when I talk to my tarot person, I always ask about business. I always mm-hmm. ask about money, but hey, I want to put some attention into my relationship. I think that for a long time, especially those of us who have online businesses, everything that we offer, you know, it's there's a <clears throat> this idea that you know with a bigger net, you you are able to catch more, and so. Many of us create offerings that are very general um, and mm-hmm. generalized. And I, so I think that going specific is going to be really, really helpful to people. And I think that if you go specific in the right way and, you know, you have a really unique offering or service that has a, a specific draw to it, then you're not only are you going to get, you know, the right people, but you're going to get people that are really pumped and excited about 
whatever it is that you're offering. So that's one trend that I'm that I'm calling. And then another trend that I'm calling, and I've seen this the last couple of years, um, and I know Teresa, you and I have talked about this, is the um, the need to have in person experiences in our ever increasingly virtual world. You know, whether it's going to conferences, meeting up with, you know, coaches or advisors um, that they have, you know, when they're in town or when they're close to you, um, you know, deciding to attend workshops, deciding to attend live in-person teachings and events. I think that all of this is, is going to continue to be hot in 2019 and to really help you build your business in 2019 as well. And, and that includes making yourself available for mm-hmm. um, face-to-face interactions, you know. So, I mean, every industry has a conference. I mean, the, you know, Tarot has several conferences now that happen every year. And, you know, showing up, like making yourself known, going and meeting people, those real-life relationships, like, carry beautifully through our virtual experiences, and, and, I mean, they're really priceless. And so I think that is also going to continue. What about you, T? That's the big thing that I see. I see that the digital classrooms are not filling as much as they used to in the past, and I know a lot of people have – I've talked to people who have had trouble really getting their – those digital things to sell like they used to. So, you know, it doesn't mean the sales are flat or that you want to get off the digital thing. I still think digital classrooms are great. But what I'm seeing is more intimacy, more live person things, workshops, events. Uh, I think those are really hot. And I think it's really important for people to think about what are some things that I could do, what could I offer, what kind of classes could I offer that would, or events could I offer that might really allow for more of that. So I'm a huge fan of in-person workshops, in-person events. And i got to tell you, when I sign up for digital classes, I'm one of those people that oftentimes I get busy and I forget about it. Now, if I have an event I have yeah. to go to, my butt is there because I paid for it yeah. I have to go. So I that's also right. just think it's it's smarter business. So that's kind yeah. of the big thing that I'm seeing too. I think it's this need for more intimacy. And also, you know, there was such a big thing about group programs. I'm also seeing more people wanting one-on-one things. And that's something mm-hmm. I noticed last year, too. You know, in 2017, people were wanting more of that. So I think that people crave more of that being able to be close, intimate. They want more of that personal touch. Yep. Yep, I agree. Totally agree. All right. Well, believe it or not, everyone, that wraps up this episode of Talking Shop. So, Teresa, what was your biggest takeaway from this discussion? Well, you know what I really loved is that you have a little second book that you do your workflow in, and I think that's really a great idea. I also like you sharing about PayPal. Letting, I mean, I know that PayPal does this too, but I think that's really great that you let people know that PayPal allows you to review the money that's coming in, um, it's got charts and things, and that really helps people then to see how they're doing. So I think that was really great information. I'm glad you shared that. I love it. Yeah. And what about you, Bree? Anything that was a takeaway or favorite nugget of advice for you? I always forget that you have a wall calendar, and I love the fact <laughs> that you have a wall calendar. I love that. I love it, love it, love it. Um, 
And I also really like your emphasis on having a number. You know, I think that that is so scary for so many of our people. Um, it's hard for us to think about our work in terms of this number that is attached to it, but I think it's really important to have that kind of hard metric as part of your operation, yep. right? Not the whole of it, but part of it. And I really appreciate, I mean, you've always done such a beautiful job of, uh, job of emphasizing that, and I think that's huge. Thank you. All right. Well, that's it. But before we sign off, a very wonderful reminder. If you love Talking Shop, don't forget that you can listen to all of the previous shows for free on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Just look for Talking Shop with Teresa and Bree, and you'll find all the episodes there. You can also visit Talking Shop Archives on theterralady.com, and you can find that by clicking on free resources, hopping on down to podcasts. You'll find everything there. And where can they find this on your site, Bree? So you guys go to com, click on the tab that says Books and Resources, click on the tab that says Free Resources, and you will find the latest Talking Shop and all of the archives right there. And if you like this show, please leave a kind review on iTunes. This will help more Metaphysical business owners find their way to Talking Shop, and we would so appreciate that. All right, that's it. Um, guys, please join us again for another uh, next month for another round of Talking Shop. And until then, you can find me, Teresa, at thetarolady.com. Bree, where can they find you? You all can find me at com. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. Keep taking action to build the mystical businesses of your dreams. Stay on your grind. Make this a great month. We know that you will.